Hi there, welcome to HR Shop Talk. I'm your host, Andrea Adams. This show delves into the details of HR through conversations with smart, experienced, and successful professionals who are doing the work. You can also find me on YouTube where you can interact with me and others like yourself. Today, my guest is Marina Kolesnikova. I met Marina years ago when she did an assessment of me, and it's something that sort of stuck with me throughout my career. And so when it got to having this discussion, of course, I'm going to have it with Marina. Hi, Marina. How are you? Hi, Andrea. Thank you for saying that. I (laughs) hope that the assessment uh, had some impact on you. It definitely was predictive given that how successful you became. (laughs) 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 Success. Uh, That was done many years ago. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Um, I'm really interested in our conversation and hope we will uh, discuss interesting and challenging questions related to testing, uh, how we add value to our clients, and as you mentioned about the science behind the testing. And I would like to start with maybe with introducing myself and our firm. Uh, We are, I'm a business ecologist uh, and a partner with Stefan Fraser and Associates. All of our psychologists have PhD in psychology, typically industrial or clinical psychology, and we all are licensed, we are registered psychologists in BC. Our area of expertise, if we talk about education, is in the science of individual differences. We have an in-depth understanding of the range of human behaviors, skills, characteristics and how to measure this. And we use this knowledge as well as the knowledge of psychometrics to provide our clients uh, with the the best approach, science-based approach, how to measure uh, those qualities and how to select and hire successful candidates. So it does seem to me, as I mentioned in the intro, that these things have fallen out of favor. Why do you think that is? I'm not sure that it's correct. It's at least okay. not for our clients because okay. we've been the demand, and those clients who have been using our service for a long time, uh, they know what they can get and how it adds value to their selection processes. Right. And we're talking about senior leaders, and you know, like in any other HR managers, know how costly it is to bring a wrong or a leader who is not a good fit for their organization. Mm-hmm. So therefore, uh, with our clients, we have a, I would say, proven track record in terms of helping them with selection. Mm-hmm. You know, having said that, if you think about current reality, uh, some of our clients, they really experience a shortage of labor. It's hard to find candidates for different positions. Partially, it's maybe a post-COVID environment and in in, in situation. And under these circumstances, assessment may, may be perceived as they may be uh, less needed. Mm. It's not that less valid or less accurate, but they may be less needed because it's really hard to find the candidate. Unfortunately, it will result uh, result in creating more problems. Mm -hmm. Uh, For example, we'll be revolving door in the organization. If it's a bad or wrong candidate, it will result in lower morale in the company. And bottom line, the company pay even more in in terms of recruitment and selecting candidate because uh, it wasn't the best candidate from uh, from the first start. So we are optimistic and hopeful that it's not necessarily true. Okay. 
the will hope continue with uh, providing assistance? Okay, maybe it's fallen a little bit out of favor because there's so many quizzes online and there's so many different options and they all are promoting their value and their validity. So how is what, when a client comes to you and they have an employee or a prospective employee do a test, how is it different than going to quiz.com and doing quizzes there or, or even Myers-Briggs? In terms of quiz.com, it's not a test. If we really go to the core of the matter, it's a quiz. Okay? They don't have validity. They don't have reliability. You don't know what you measure with this test. And certainly, this test does not predict job success as much as uh, we can predict with proven psychometric tests. Okay. Uh, and in reality, if you use a quiz or a known test, it will mislead you in terms of making decisions based, based on this kind of test. Um, Myers-Briggs, it's a great example because, again, everyone knows Myers-Briggs. But Myers-Briggs, again, it's not a psychometric test. It's a typology. It's oh. a personality typology, which was designed to help people understand core personality characteristics and how people can differ in those characteristics. For example, extroversion, go ahead. Yeah, you're distinguishing a psychometric test from typology. And this is actually probably a revelation for me today, right now. So can you just articulate the difference between those two things? Uh, absolutely. Uh, like, uh, I would like to use this example, Myers-Briggs, because everyone knows what we're talking about. Um, so there are four dimensions, and there are distinct uh, characteristics on each dimension, like extroversion, introversion. Um, but uh, the thing is that in reality, uh, most people are neither extroverted nor introverted. There is right. a bell curve on any characteristic. Right. Uh, several people who are very extroverted and a group of people who are very introverted. But in between, uh, there is a continuation of this characteristic. Right, right. Even this particular dimension does not measure extroversion and introversion. It's just you you will be in one another category and there are lots of behaviors uh, which are associated with this uh, category. But it's not a measurement of extroversion per se. There is a very also sometimes confusion uh, that extroverts are more successful in the organizations. They promote their career. They just really, in terms of their job fit, uh, it's easier for them to find a job. But in reality, extroversion or introversion do not predict job success. We've done lots of research, especially in the production environment. And sometimes people confuse between extroversion and actually good social skills, communication skills, ability to develop rapport and build relationship. <laughs> it's not necessarily they, directly related. They absolutely to do. They absolutely do. Like those, aren't they the same thing? Apparently they're not the same thing. <laughs> No, no, not exactly. And it's a very good descriptive uh, questionnaire. Yeah. And it's really about property utilization of this test that used, as you probably know, with the group exercises. And people are fascinated how they're different from each other in terms of the sport characteristic. Right. But uh, th- that is it. Uh, if we really discourage our, our clients to use this test for making decisions, uh, and this okay. test is available for public, for the general public. 
the tests we use when, with our assessment, they are really restricted to psychologists. And there is a reason for that. Uh, we need to understand uh, psychometric characteristics of the tests, such as validity, reliability, predictive accuracy. Right. We, uh, with our assessments, we combine the test, we use a test battery. It's almost never one single test that we use for uh, doing our assessments. Mm -hmm. uh, if we talk more about uh, legal illegality of using tests, uh, our assessment or test battery are usually fair, they're defensible, and they are unbiased. We have lots of clients who have, have a unionized workforce, and we've served as expert witnesses on the selection systems when it comes to arbitration. Uh, so uh, this is this this days maybe we're thinking a bit less about it, but in reality. It's another side of doing the right testing, making sure that whatever you use will, will be fair and will be unbiased. Okay. All right. Well, let's talk stats for a moment then. Because okay. um, you already mentioned some and you talked about them being proven. Um, so, you know, so that someone understands that the tests they're using are proven, that they are valid and all of that stuff. Can you explain some of these statistical terms we should know? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, there are lots of them, but probably two key characteristics, uh, such as reliability and validity. Okay. Uh, reliability is about the quality of the test, uh, and it tells you um, whether you can reproduce the same result uh, upon retesting. Ah. And coming back to Myers Briggs, you can take the same test in a month, a month or several years, and you will be, or even in a year, you will have different results. So this test is not very reliable. Uh, validity tells you how accurate the test is. Does it measure what it is supposed to measure? Oh, and those okay. characteristics are extremely important, and it tells you uh, how good this test is. If we, there are lots of different types of reliability and validity, but what is important for us and for our clients is to understand the predictive validity of the test. Mm. And when we refer to predictive validity, it means that um, it, the extent to which you score on the scale on a test uh, predicts the score on the criterion measures, for example, job performance. Right. As, as a good example, a test of cognitive ability, a test of intelligence, the higher res the result on the test, that we expect the higher performance uh, in the real world. Uh, so in this correlation, it's actually it's quite a complex statistical analysis when we try to understand this correlation. Um, it usually, uh, it ranges from minus one, which is perfect negative, to plus one, which is perfect perfect positive correlation. In psychometrics, uh, they do not exist, minus one or plus one. Right. Uh, the best uh, test when we, we, we can find in our test battery, for example, has, has predictability to 0.6. It's considered to be a very high correlation and validity for this test. Uh, for a typical uh, test, you can look at uh, personality that will be 0.2. It's extremely low. So if we go back to Myers-Briggs, I don't know if you know what the predictive validity of Myers-Briggs is, but it's low. It, Are you saying? It, it's low. It doesn't exist at all because, I mean, it's, it's low because the test wasn't designed to predict job performance. 
there is no correlation right. between Myers-Briggs right. results on Myers-Briggs and actual performance. So if uh, we can, uh, uh, you're interested, we can, I can show you, I can share my screen and show you some of the coefficients, predictability in terms yes, of please. different tools. So here we have this, it's um, correlations in hiring. And this, uh, you see this predictive uh, correlations coefficient, uh, it starts with graphology. I mean, obviously no one uses graphology, it's all, almost like a joke, but uh, many years ago it was one of the tools which was used um, for hiring. So then we have years of education and training and uh, training education. As you can see, it's a very low predictability point one. Um, unstructured interview, the same, it's 0.15. Um, and then you will a bit lower, you will see structured interview, which is 0.35. So it's a, such a big difference between unstructured and structured interviews, how they can predict job success. Uh, personality testing, we are talking about really well-researched and developed personality testing. It's not quiz.com, definitely. Is it, and um, it's not, I mean, it's not also, um, sorry to interrupt here, but it's not also Myers-Briggs because you said um, Myers-Briggs is very low. So what kind of personality test would be, would have this level of validity? Most of them, they are restricted to psychologists. For example, okay. California's psychological inventory that we use as part of, of our assessments okay. or a uh, number of uh, tests which uh, are designed and distributed by test publishers. We're talking about really about sciences, about psychologists and psychometricians who design and uh, distribute this test on the market. But again, when I say distributed, it's not for the general public. It's mostly for registered psychologists. And then you have a general, a general mental ability test, which is cognitive test or general intelligence. Uh, the, we use this term almost um, uh, in the same way, uh, which has the highest predictability point, 45 or 0.5. And it's a well-known fact that now we feel that general intelligence is the best predictor of job success. And we have multi-test profiling systems like similar to what we're using with the validity of 0.65. And I explain to you why, why we have significant jump here. I will just go to the next slide. Uh, the next slide shows uh, what will happen in terms of predictability if we combine two measures. Okay. For example, intelligence still remains on the top. So if we combine intellectual tests with any of the other tools, if we combine intelligence and personality tests, the coefficient uh, raises up to 0.65. And why? Why is it so? Because personality and intelligence are, they do not correlate with each other. If hmm. you think about people, uh, uh, you, you, can, uh, you can have a very bright individual, but if they don't have people skills, they're not successful. It doesn't mean the bright people have good people skills and, and vice versa, the other way around. Hmm. So we measure very different aspects of uh, human beings. And by combining this uh, personality and intelligence, we have uh, predictability coefficient 0.65 roughly. So if you look at, if we combine intelligence and employment interview, we have uh, around 0.55 coefficient, okay? But Andrea, if you think about employment interviews, they, for the most part, uh, they measure, indirectly measure, measure intelligence. 
the question we use in the interview that will be around give me an example when you had a problem how you solve the problem how right. you learn so they really indirectly measure the same qualities or characteristics which can be measured with intellectual tests so what i'm saying that this formula of combining intelligence and interview intelligence uh, is doing heavy lifting not interview but still, you can have a uh, really bump in predictability to 0.55. And the same, the same is about other tools. For example, reference check, which in itself has very low predictability, especially these days, it's very difficult to do reference check. In combination with intelligence, it's bumped to 57. But again, because it's intelligence, it's not that reference check becomes more accurate or more in-depth. So that is what is our expertise is partially. It's really we know how to select and combine uh, different tools or different measures to increase predictability uh, and, thus, uh, and therefore to increase the accuracy of the assessment. If you've learned something, subscribe to see all the episodes and comment. Have you used this kind of psychometric testing? And if so, how successful was it? Tell us about it in the comment section. Next question here. So when you're doing these tests, like you said, it was interesting. You said that in an interview, you're actually kind of measuring intelligence. But when you're doing the tests, what are you actually measuring? A very good question. It's uh, we can measure basically any kind of human characteristics or, personal, or personality characteristics or ability or skills. Uh, the main question is what we would like to measure, and the answer to this question depends on the particular position the candidate is being considered for. Right. Uh, for entry-level positions, we do we design selection systems or selection tools, and it requires us to do through certain steps like doing job analysis and identifying competencies. So that is what we are going to measure once we identify those competencies. For example, uh, ability to solve problems, safety orientation, mm. uh, interpersonal skills, team skills, motivation stress tolerance. It really depends uh, on the particular position that we design selection system for. When mm. it comes to uh, professional management assessment, it's not a selection tool. Here, we really um, con uh, conduct an individual assessment, which is a process, as the part of this process includes uh, assigning a battery of tests, uh, but it's not enough, it's not sufficient. Uh, we usually understand uh, the requirements of this uh, position as well as the bigger picture, uh, where the person would fit, what is the culture, what's the history of this uh, particular position, especially when it comes to senior leadership positions in the organization. Mm. Uh, we contact an individual who is going to do the tests and describe the process. Um, and once the tests have been completed, we conduct an interview. And maybe I'll tell you that how our interview is different from an employment interview. We are interviewing with the test results in front of us. So we frame lots of hypotheses just based on the test results without seeing the person. Right. And we look for consistency between how the person described themselves and what we see in the test results. Okay. We may probe deeper in the areas of inconsistencies. And when we conduct the interview once, the next step is we give feedback. 
my favorite one is uh, when the candidate say, well, my wife would agree with you. That you know that your life will be on. You don't need to do predictive validation. It's like it will be accurate assessment. Um, and that's also we see how we contribute to the selection process with our clients. Uh, because most people want to learn about themselves, regardless yeah. of whether they're hired or not. Yeah. They have the right to report. It's very comprehensive. It's complex. It has both quantitative and qualitative components. And with uh, our reports, we designed, uh, developed over the years what we call the management potential index. So it's a score. Mm. It's a score which tells our clients. Uh, is it a high or low, below average candidate for a particular position? But we also we spell it out. We explain and we describe what we see in the test results uh, that client here can make a decision. Final question here. So we've talked a lot about all the things you can predict, predict and it looks like a lot of things. What can't you predict? Uh, well, first of all, we cannot predict what we partially what we cannot measure. For example, we don't measure technical skills. I can yes. uh, do an assessment for a mechanical engineer or second class power engineer, but we really don't measure their technical knowledge. They have a ticket, but it doesn't mean they're good at what they're doing. Another thing, um, predictive accuracy, as I mentioned, for example, is 0.65. It's not perfect. Right. So there's a lot of uh, components that we cannot measure, we cannot predict. And those are usually objective factors. They are unknown at this point. For example, there can be new CEO, uh, new senior leaders in the organization. They may, may impact the success of this particular individual. Person may get in, into divorce or there may be some oh, other things. Happen. Right. So the team, how it's fit to the team, as much as we try to understand it before we start doing an assessment, still it may be an unknown factor. So those characteristics uh, we cannot measure and therefore uh, we cannot uh, predict uh, this portion of the candidate's success uh, when we do an assessment. Well, thanks, Marina. That was so fascinating, even though I've been through tests like this before. And everyone else out there, thanks for listening. And we're going to catch you next time when I talk shop with another insightful guest.